Well, welcome back to another episode of the Cruise Conversations podcast. I'm Michael. And I'm Frank. And today's episode is episode number 32. And we're sitting down with our friend Megan to talk about her experiences comparing both celebrity cruises and Royal Caribbean. Let's jump into it. Before we jump into this week's episode, we just want to quickly say thank you so much to everyone who's been supporting and listening to this podcast week in and week out. This past week, we just hit a huge milestone. We actually hit 10,000 plays. Some of you guys have been listening for a long, long time before we even had you know, 100 plays per week, and it's just grown so much since that. So thank you to everyone who's been sharing this podcast with your friends and family, uh, talking about on the weekends, whatever it is. We really, really appreciate everyone behind the scenes making this thing, you know, take off. And and we're excited. We're excited to continue bringing content, fresh new cruise content your way every single week throughout 2024. That's one of our big goals. And uh, again, we're just so, so thankful for every everyone who's been listening to this podcast. And, and we're really honored that we get to do this. So as we mentioned at the top, today we've got a fun episode. We've got a guest. We have Megan on the podcast. This episode is really about Celebrity versus Royal Caribbean. So Megan, uh, first of all, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. We're excited to have you. Is this your first time on a podcast? This is my first time on a podcast. Yeah, it's pretty well, pretty exciting. Pretty legit. Well, here we go. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. So Megan and I actually met through work back in 2021. It feels like it was yesterday, but probably just because of the pandemic and everything that's happened since then. You know, since we've worked together, we've become really good friends. And I think one of the things that we found out working together was our love that we had for cruising and we kind of shared that. And so, you know, even throughout working together, we kind of talked about vacations and how we both loved cruising. It was kind of like, we we're like, oh, wow, that's, you don't see that often. People our age that are just excited about it. I think you've been on a ton of cruises, so we'll get into all of that. But before we do talk about your cruising experience, we do ask all of our guests a little bit of a higher level question about travel. You know, travel is an interesting thing. Obviously, you, you know, everyone has their income and then you know, one of the, you know, discretionary things people like to spend money on is travel. And I think you have some really cool travel experiences that you've, you've done over the years. Uh, so let me ask you, what, what kind of keeps you excited about traveling and uh, maybe tell us, you know, your favorite trip that you've taken so far? Yeah. Um, I'd love to answer that question. I'll start by saying thank you guys so much for having me excited to be here. Traveling is definitely a big part of my life, always has been. Growing up, we did a lot of camping, and then we started traveling and doing a lot of cruises, especially based out of Europe, on Royal and Celebrity. And so that's been a great kind of part of my travel experience is cruises. I'd say my favorite trip that I've ever taken, it probably have to be in a summer in college. I know this isn't a, a cruise, but a summer in college, we kind of spent the summer backpacking and bopping around. We got to do nine different countries and did all of the very typical college experiences of hostels and sleeping in parks and that kind of stuff, which you'll just never not do. Like you'd never do that as an adult. You do, you yeah. do that in college. So I love that trip because it was unique, but another one of my favorite trips was actually a cruise and it was an 11 night in the Baltics on Royal Caribbean. Wow. Yeah. It was really cool because we got to do an overnight stay in Russia, which is not an experience you're going to get right now. So the fact that that was pretty unique and um, you got to see a lot of interesting stuff. So those are some of my favorite trips. That's awesome. That's awesome. I feel like your experience, at least as we talked about, like we used to talk about cruising, you know, during the work day or whatever, I think your experience that you had in Europe on a cruise kind of, and what you told me about how long the days were at, like when you were at a port, 
uh, just kind of that whole experience of being able to see so many things. I think that was what inspired me to take a European cruise this past year. And and that, it was so fun. And what's funny, Michael and I laugh because like the most common answer to your favorite trip is usually like a Europe trip where people are just like slumming it, but seeing like so many different places. And it's just, you know, being in the U.S., we all grew up in the U.S. It's just such a different world out there yeah. um, and how people live and how, what they appreciate and the things that they value. It's less about um, this big, you know, fast paced lifestyle. It's more just about friends and family and good food and good time. So this is a cruise podcast. I think you did mention a little bit about your cruising experience. Do you want to go a little bit deeper into, you know, different cruise lines you've tried, maybe how many different cruises you've been? I don't know if you know the exact number, but maybe like an estimate. Yeah. Yeah. I actually checked today. So I'm happy you asked that question because I came in ready to answer that question, (laughs) but, (laughs) um, but yeah, so I've been on, I believe about 17 cruises at this point. 11 of those were Royal Caribbean. I said 17. Six were celebrity. And one was actually a Norwegian cruise that we took for spring break in college. So, so 18. So, yeah. Wait. 11, 6, 1, right? Yeah. yeah so 18. 17. 11, oh, <laughs> for those 18, counting 18. at home. Man. <laughs> yeah, that's embarrassing. Um, so 18 cruises. And I'm actually going to be checking out. We're going to be doing a cruise this summer with my family and my grandparents. And that's on, I believe it's MSC. Or is it MC, MSC? Yeah. So we're going to be, that's going to be exciting just to see a different cruise line and it's going to really unique ports. So that will be really exciting. But yeah, from, from a destination standpoint, we've done everything from, from the Caribbean to almost anything that the Mediterranean, any big Mediterranean ports, as well as the Baltic. So that's been cool because the European cruise experience versus a Caribbean cruise experience is very different, but cool in the sense that Caribbean get to relax and the European cruises, you get to see a lot in a short period of time, which is a great opportunity. You still have Alaska. You, you haven't hit yet, oh, wait, so. I have gone to Alaska. I take it back. I've also done Alaska. <laughs> okay. So I've you've done, done a lot. I was going to say, I feel like you, you've, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you've mentioned, you didn't mention Alaska, but I feel like you've maybe may have mentioned it at work or something that you've, you've done, done that one. Yeah. Um, so that's one that Michael and I keep talking about that. Yeah. We're excited about planning one down the road. All right, Megan, so just to recap here, you've been on about 11 Royal Caribbean cruises and six Celebrity, so we really wanted to bring you on because we feel like you have a super unique perspective between the two lines since you've done a good amount on both of them. So before we kind of go through the comparison, some of the categories we really wanted to hit today are looking at food, onboard entertainment, the ship layout and features, the bars and nightlife on the ship, the service, cabins, itineraries, price, and demographic. So kind of just starting off with one of the big ones, one of the things that, you know, we love about cruising the most, and I feel like a lot of people do, is the food on the ships itself. So I know you recently just came off Oasis of the Seas. How would you compare the food offerings on that you just had on Oasis compared to some of your previous celebrity sailings? Yeah, I love the food on the Oasis of the Seas. I was actually really surprised by the variety, the selection, and truly surprised by the amount of casual dining. Um I know there was the taco bar and the brisket barbecue place. Um, I apologize for not remembering their names, but I was as well as the as well as the windjammer and some of the other cafe experiences that they had in the promenade and in Central Park. I was really surprised about just the variety of the food. The dining room was kind of as to be expected. I think that there's a lot of Royal Caribbean foods that are staples on, in any dining room, regardless of what ship you're on. But the specialty dining, like 
truly blew me away. I think that was some of the best venison I've ever had. And the fried cheesecake. It was really good. Yeah, it was great. Uh, the cocktails there were at the specialty restaurants were great. And for the price, I mean, that's... Do you remember my mom? She like didn't... Be- she was so good <laughs> that she did not believe that there was vodka. And then she she's like, there's no way there's vodka. Like she was really serious about that. And then... <laughs> She made the guy bring her a shot of the bot. Like he, she's like, pour me up just a shot of that. Like she was thinking they were watering it down or something. And then she's like, nope, that that yeah. is vodka. It's just a really good drink, or it just like hides it well. So that was funny. It was it was a very good cucumber martini. I remember that she was like kind of chasing the guy around the restaurant, be like, I'm not convinced there's vodka in here. And it was there was, and it was great. It was it was well done. But yeah, I think the specialty restaurants on the Oasis of the class compared to any other royal cruise ship I've been on before was really what sets it apart. We even got to try the sushi restaurant during our day at sea. We just went there and did a lunch sampler and the tuna was really fresh and really great. And the service was actually really great considering it was a lunch seating. So that was that was standout for Oasis of the class or the Oasis class. Yeah, I mean, I know all the food I've had on the Oasis ships have always been great. Now, how would you compare it to Celebrity? What type of food have you had on Celebrity? How would you say it compares? I think Celebrity's approach to dining is a little different, especially on their newer class, the Edge class, because not only do they have one dining room that is included in the package, they actually have four different dining rooms that are included in the package, which just gives you more variety and you don't have to you know, pay for specialty restaurants. They do also have specialty restaurants. I think the staple dining room food is, is frankly better on celebrity because it's a higher, it's just, it's just higher quality recipes, more dynamic recipes. I think the target audience for Royal is, is families mostly. So I think that they want to kind of make the food more general and basic that they're for like kind of pleases everybody. But I would say the typical audience for celebrity, since it's adult, they usually have smaller like menus but more dynamic dishes yeah i totally agree on you know the staples like there's always the things in the main dining room that you can kind of rely on for me on this past cruise it was the escargot which was a huge shock because i feel like i'm just bummed because i've gone on so many cruises and not gotten the escargot and then this one i finally like i mean 15 cruises on royal land i'm like oh let me just try it out and then i ended up like i ordered it every single time and i absolutely loved it but then to your point like some of the entrees are just, they're, they're fine, right? Like, you know, the I really like the bolognese, but then you get some other chicken dishes that are just like, they're basic. And I think what they're trying to do right now, Megan, is like they're trying to have one menu that like uh, it accommodates everybody, like gluten-free, pescatarian, you know, um, like someone who's on like a carnivore diet. Like they're trying to hit all the different pe- groups of people with one menu and they're trying to make it super small. And at the end of the day, it's just very limited, so... I typically try to push people, especially if they're cruising for the first time, to do like at least one specialty dining. And so I'm really glad that we, you know, we did get to do the 150 Central Park. And what's cool is they they do bring on, I think they utilize like a lot of these celebrity chefs, right? So like 150 Central Park was a Michael Schwartz restaurant that I don't know if they still have the deal or the partnership with him. But then you've got Jamie Oliver with Jamie's Italian on some of the ships, which is really good. That's one of my favorites. Does uh, Celebrity also has something similar, right? Yeah, they do. They have, I know they have an association with Daniel Baloud, um, who's a Michelin star and James Beard award winning chef. He's got restaurants all over the world and a few in New York that are, that are quite famous. I would say when it comes to expectations in the Celebrity main dining room, you can probably get the same amount or same types of dishes that you would get in the specialty restaurants. 
And then they really, I think they put the star power of having the associations with Michelin star and James Beard award winning chefs and attach those to the celebrity specialty restaurants. So people have that kind of new year, like New York flashy restaurant experience, but on a cruise ship, which kind of gives it some star power. So I think that that's their approach to specialty dining, but it's, it's just as great. And I would say on a celebrity cruise ship, you can probably get away with not doing a specialty dining just because most of the main dining room food is pretty great. So would you say the, the normal like main dining room on celebrity definitely wins. And then probably the specialty on that one also is a little bit of a step up from Royal Caribbean specialty dining. Yeah, I'd I'd probably say so. Like, I think you would get, if you got like duck confit or venison medallions, that's probably something you would see in the main dining room on celebrity that I've seen in a few occasions. Yeah. But I would definitely give that one to celebrity. Cool. So with that, we can uh, move on to onboard entertainment. So I think that, I, I'm personally biased on this one. Again, I have a lot of bias when it comes to this conversation, so I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there. You know, Royal has some really great entertainment options. They've got the aqua show. They've got the, you know, the ice skating. They've got some really cool Broadway musicals, which are awesome. Um, how, do, how do you feel like, I mean, I was kind of bummed because on Oasis, they did have to cancel the aqua show, which has a whole nother story just with all the, they're moving it indoors on Icon, which is, Brilliant because, you know, they pretty much probably cancel that thing 50% of the time at this point. So they realize that's a problem. Uh, so they're moving it indoors, but nonetheless, we didn't get to see the full show, which was a bummer. But with that, you know, how, based on what you've seen in terms of the ice shows, the, you know, the performance, and even some of the other activities that they do on board besides the shows, how would you say celebrity kind of stacks up in that category? Yeah, I think the approach to onboard entertainment at Royal and Celebrity are very different dependent on their target audience. So like you said, on Royal, you're going to get those big Broadway names like Cats or Hair or Mamma Mia in the main entertainment space, which is a really cool experience if you're kind of a... When I saw that Cats was on the cruise that we were going on Oasis class, I was pretty excited because I do I do really enjoy a Broadway show. You saw it, right? You did go see it, didn't you? Um, we didn't end up going that day, which I was really okay. bummed about, but... I got a massage instead. So I had conflicting priorities. <laughs> hey, it'll be on there for a while. They don't, they don't change yeah, those that's very fair. often. I did book it. I was excited about it, even though now I sound like a hypocrite because I got a massage instead. <laughs> but um, no, I think Royal for onboard entertainment, I'd, I'd let them, I'd let them win that category. And I'm glad you, you mentioned your bias because I'm biased or celebrity, but Royal really takes, takes the lead on this because they have so much, space for it like they've got the aqua show which was really cool they've got the ice skating show which is a really unique experience to royal caribbean i've never seen it on another ship i'm not sure if other ships have ice skating rinks but it's it's cool to see and then onboard entertainment even out outside of shows they've got all the rock climbing they've got um water slides and just a bunch of entertainment on ship in general which celebrity i would say is more like a their goal is smaller thrills and more kind of like lounge entertainment, which which is great and good fun. But because they're going for like a more adult demographic, they definitely have more like avant-garde performances, um, still very good. Some yeah. some musicals, some like in-house musicals. They've got the on the new edge class, they've got like a techno theater, it almost looks like where it's a like. Yeah, it's like a 180 kind of tech screen. And so they incorporate that to make their smaller performances more exciting, which I think it 
you know, I think it fits the bill. I think it's really great. They also have, like I said, more lounge entertainment, singing, more games. It's definitely more nightlight focus, but yeah, Royal Royal's got some got some impressive entertainment. And you're a huge like you're a huge trivia person, right? Like you, on the cruise that we went on, you everyone was saying like yeah, yeah, Megan was like the one that was kind of carrying the team in the trivia world. I, I mentioned last week, I didn't even, uh, we did an episode last week on onboard entertainment. If you haven't listened to that one, go listen to that one. But I, I mentioned that I didn't even go to trivia once, but like every time people would come back from trivia, they're like, yeah, Megan pretty much like really carried the team. I think there was one or two other people that were pretty strong from our cruise in the trivia uh, game, but they, I'm assuming it's probably very similar on both lines when it comes to like trivia and things like that. Yeah, yeah, they definitely have the same smaller kind of group things where you see bingo, you see trivia. The themes might be different. Like you're probably not going to see a Disney trivia um, and Disney Disney music trivia on a celebrity (laughs) ship. I don't think that it's the mark with that audience. But yeah, I'm a big three times a day trivia if I can person. It's my favorite activity on board. That's my goal on my next (laughs) one is to try to do more (laughs) trivia like I think it's just like, yeah, at the end of the day, you learn things. I, I I was listening to something, I think this week, and they were talking about adding, like doing more kind of like presentations, right? So you've got someone on the on the cruise who's an expert in like construction. Oh, I'm just making this up. But like they could do like a seminar, at, you know, at sea and just be like, what what is that industry like? Or even us, like what is tech consulting like? Or what is, you know what I mean? So it'd be kind of cool to have like some sort of seminar where like people just give talks and, uh, you know, but I feel like trivia, you do walk away like learning small little useless facts or things. And it's like kind of cool. So, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for for uh, inspiring us there. Anything else you want to add in terms of the entertainment and things that you you kind of think when, you know, in that category, how they stack up? Um, I, I think kind of like the the finishing sentiment is really around like what their target audience is. And Royal is really kind of for groups and for families. I think that's their target audience, younger travelers. And I think their onboard entertainment reflects that, which is a great thing for that for that demographic. But I would think if you want kind of a slower paced day and more relaxing kind of amenities and less less entertainment and less of a jam-packed agenda, celebrities probably, I mean, they'll have activities for everybody, but it's definitely not the same variety. And, and there's not as many spaces to hold those activities on board on celebrity ships because they do tend to be smaller. Yeah, that's still good to hear, though, that they have a good amount for everyone. I know I like to constantly be doing stuff throughout the day, so even though there may not be as much going on as a royal ship, I'm sure I could find something to do throughout the day. So now kind of the next thing we want to look at is, you know, drinking's definitely a big part on cruise ships. I know Frank and I, most of the cruises we've done, we've had the drink package on royal ships. What would you say are some of the big differences between royal and celebrity when it comes to things like the bars on board, the bar service, nightlife. I know from like a drink package standpoint, they have a couple different like tiers to it where you can do the all included and you get drinks, I think up to like $10 or there's like a premium one that obviously gets you the nicer, more premium liquors where I know like Royal, it's kind of just one set price for the drink package. So would just love to hear your thoughts on, like we said, the kind of just bars on board and drink package and all that. Yeah, sure. I'll actually start with Celebrity on this one, um, just because I, I think they really do have some standout amenities on their ships when it comes to bars on board, bar services, and nightlife. Um, nightlife is definitely something I think about and want when I go on a cruise ship. Um, it's yeah. kind of a part of vacation. 
is, you know, going out, having some drinks, hanging with friends, just kind of like going where the night takes you. But Celebrity has a lot of different bar services and they all have distinct motifs. They have their martini bar. They have kind of a brewery type bar on board. Obviously, it's not a brewery because they're not brewing beer on the ship, but it's got kind of a tavern brewery vibe. And then they also have a wine bar that serves tapas. I believe they even had a wine bar on one of their ships that was one of those self-pour machines where you could scan your card and get between like three, six, nine ounces. So you can even do like a wine sampler if you wanted to. I, I love those kind of experiences. And I would say when it comes to the quality of drinks, Celebrities Craft Cocktails are elite. I mean, really great. They've got specialty bartenders on board. They know what they're they're doing. They can even... You can even order off menu if you like a cocktail and they're not something that's listed. They'll make it for you. They're really accommodating for that. So the drinks on board are great and the wine selection is is really fantastic. Royal is good. I'd say Royal is good. It's it's kind of standard. I was, I'm not going to lie, when we went on the Oasis class and they had that mechanical bar, I was a little disappointed. (laughs) 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 I really, I mean, it was like a cool, it just like, it's cool, but it just like it's gimmicky. It's, it's, it's like a one time, yeah, yeah, it's a gimmicky. I think that's the way to put it. It's gimmicky, yeah. It's just flashy. It's not like actually like awesome, you know. Yeah. At, <laughs> at, at, at face value, like oh, that's really cool. It's a robot making drinks, and then after that, it's like you're never gonna go back to that spot. You know what I mean? Yeah, the lines were long. I really didn't. The proportions didn't make sense, but it was a good like Instagram reel. You know, it was a good yeah. little. It was a good Instagram story. I do like that they both have pub environments. I feel like at the end of the day, I usually am going to find myself in the pub. Um, oh, the pub for us was awesome. Yeah, that, that was one great. night. I still like. I think <laughs> yeah. I've talked about it on here before, but like that was really fun. When like I that was the worst night for me in terms of how I felt like the next morning because <laughs> yeah. I think you all were bringing me some random drinks that I just kept drinking, and I I think I had every single type of drink. In 30 minutes, they just kept bringing them. Yeah, but that, that was did. a good time. <laughs> yeah, that was really fun. It the it was definitely a flow in that night, um, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I think when it comes to bar service too on Celebrity, because there's less people on the ship typically, and none of the spaces feel particularly crowded. None of the bars feel crowded either. So I don't think you see the bottom of your glass on a Celebrity cruise ship, which is really great. I, I think Royal does their best considering how busy their ships can, can be, like the staff ratio, especially in some of their bar areas because they do tend to be less. But I would say the service is, is really great on the Celebrity Cruise Ship. And it's just as good as Royal. I think they're just more crowded bars and they're doing their best. Yeah, I think you mentioned like the drink quality. And I think I, that's something that they're really working to improve. Even Carnival, Michael, we talked about in the past on our Royal versus Carnival episode, I think that was one where we said like Carnival has more creative drinks. And I think that even since like in the last couple of months, they did come out with like a custom schooner bar on Royal Caribbean like menu. And then on Icon, they're really featuring, you know, each bar has its own set like of of options, right? So you go to this bar and they've got these types of drinks. And so they're really trying to, to be more creative kind of to that point, Megan, where it's like, you know, you can't like, don't just order the same thing at every bar. You're going to that specific bar for like a margarita or, you know, this specific bar for um, a bourbon old fashioned or something. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's definitely an opportunity to improve versus just like, Hey, drink package, just pound down like vodka sodas. You go to any bar and you can get that pretty much. Yeah, I do. I would also love to see in the future if Royal could, could expand on their wine category. 
I'm not, I mean, their wine, the wine restaurant in Central Park was actually really great. I really enjoyed that bar when we were on the Oasis class. That was cool. Yeah, that, that was, was awesome. that was a fun place to hang out. Like, I don't, I would like if it was bigger, there's nothing they can do that about that now. But we also had 14 <laughs> people. Yeah, we also had 14. Yeah, we came in there. Well, we were outside and then the rain, it yeah. started like drizzling. So then we moved in. Okay. And at that point, everyone was already inside before dinner and we kind of like took over that corner of the yeah. of the bar and we felt bad about that. But yeah, you guys were drinking some rosé. Someone was drinking a rosé. It wasn't me. And I, I had never that. seen that. It wasn't you. Yeah, I'm not a rosé <laughs> drinker, but they were drinking They were drinking rosé. So I got that and I was like, sure, you know, someone if someone else is drinking the rosé, then that unlocks the door for me to be able to drink it. So I ordered that for myself because I'm not a big rosé person. And I, I was like, yeah, this is cool because you didn't get it anywhere. Like, I feel like I didn't see that on any other menu. Yeah. And the so wines, that, was, that was awesome. Yeah. That the that the wine selection, excuse me, the wine selection there was great. I was a little disappointed with the wine selection in the main dining room, at least for the ones that were included in the plan. They just didn't I like a good dry red or a cab and I think that they probably had like three or four cabs that were staples on every menu and then you could get a lot more in the wine bar specifically. But it probably just has to do with, you know, inventory and balancing that out and how much, you know, weight they're bringing onto the ship. But it would have been it would be cool to see if they, since they're expanding on their kind of like specialty cocktails, if they, you know, expand on their wine selection as well. That would be great. Their wine has always been like terrible. And I think that's one of the <laughs> things like, you know, and I, I mean, I say that because it's like the package like does something, but the better wines that they have, it's like typically like a couple dollars a glass. Oh, yeah. And so I always tell people like, if you really like wine, just bring your own like two bottles. I know that sounds like, crazy like oh i've got the package but like if you really like wine just bring like two bottles that are like 20 dollar bottles from home and you can just drink those like the whole cruise you know what i mean because just the options that they have you're gonna have to pay extra anyways it's just like not not worth it to drink like ter- terrible wines in my opinion <laughs> yeah. if you really like if you're really a wine drinker so that is a really good point megan if you're drinking if you're a wine drinker you're drinking more than two bottles of cruise i'm promising you that <laughs> but- <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point too <laughs> but yeah no no i hear you on that I don't mean to keep knocking on the Oasis Fellowship because I did really enjoy it. I think one problem that I had was was a small club area. Like, do you remember? It was kind of like this, like, Dante's Inferno vibe, like, nightclub where we went to the comedy show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the comedy club. My favorite, like, spot to end the night for most cruises, both Celebrity and Royal, because they had them, was, like, it was they either called it, like, the Anchor Lounge or, like, the, the Viking Club. Cla- the Viking, uh, Viking. yeah. Yeah. Like the Sky Lounge, the Viking oh, yeah, Lounge. Yeah, yeah. And it's got that like really great like 270 kind of view of the water and you can see over the ship and the weather and pull into port and stuff. And that's, it was also a common like nightclub area. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was, when we were on our Enchantment of the Seas, it's the Viking Crown at the top, Viking Crown Lounge. They've got it up. You're talking about the one that kind of looks out like kind of like 180 degree. Like you can see like the entire half of the, the ship. Yeah, and the bar is kind of in the center there. I, I really like it. I mean, I think it's a, it's a, like you said, it's a perfect bar because at night, like no one's up there because it's really about the view. So might as well use that space for a club. And yeah. I've heard a bunch of people too, making that have the same sen- sentiment about they, they're going to miss that because the diamond lounge on that one is up, up there. So when we were on Enchantment, like they put the diamond lounge up there. So like you got breakfast and you could see like you're pulling into port versus on Oasis, you're like in like a room on deck four. There's no, ocean view or anything like you have no idea you're just in a room down there 
Uh, so I, I really do like the location of that, just of the bar and, you know, having the, the suite in the diamond lounge up there too. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen that before where they kind of like split it in half almost and the diamond lounge is on one half and then the general lounge is on the other and they're nice from both perspectives. I've been in that lounge and it's, and it is nice to have kind of like coffee, breakfast, look out of the view, read a book, even when the weather is bad, it's a, it's a great view. And I, I don't know if you said that they're getting rid of that or they're keeping that or that's going to be a part of cruises going forward, but I really hope it is because it's always been, maybe it's all the nights I spent there, but it's always been, had a special place in my heart. Yeah. And I think they are going away from using it for that purpose. I think a lot of the new, I mean, a lot of the ships still have kind of like that area below, I guess is like the smokestacks towards the back of the ship, but they're using it a lot for like the suite only area. So you've got coastal kitchen, which is typically up there and like they, they're using it as like kind of like a suite only kind of venue on the newer ships for the most part. Um, but no, to your point, it is a good, like I, I really do enjoy that as a bar bar area. So that, that that's awesome. I'm glad that you brought that up, Megan, because uh, that was definitely something on our cruise I felt like they were lacking. They did have like the red kind of nightclub vibe. So what they do, instead of trying to cram everyone into the attic, they'll they'll use the, the um, ice skating rink. They'll kind of turn that into a club. I just don't think we ended up going uh, to the red party. So that's something to, to look out for. But I think they are, they're not doing a ton in that room. And then I heard some of our group try to go down there for the silent disco event and they ran out of headsets and there was like a line. So it's just like, it all come, kind of comes down to just like planning the activities well and understanding like, hey, everyone's going to want to go do silent disco. So maybe just try to do that more often or, you know, you know, maybe you can even do it as an event where you can, um, you know, sign up on the app, right? So like, you know, you've got a spot. So just things like that that they probably need to think through a little bit more when it comes to that. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the service that you've received on the ships. Have you noticed like a big difference in terms of like the stateroom attendance service or anything from customer service between the two lines? I think when it comes to ha- like the happiness and the joy that you're met with it, with service, it's equal. Like I, I think yeah. everyone on Royal and Celebrity when it comes to service have been so friendly um, they've been so nice. They've been so talkative. I remember the last time we were on, uh, last time I was on a cruise, Oasis with with Frank and the group. We went into the watch door because I was gonna pretend that I could afford one of the watches in there and started talking <laughs> to the guy um, about getting something for my boyfriend. But we ended up in an hour long conversation about where he's from in the Philippines, and he taught me a few phrases and showed me pictures of the beach that he lives nearby and gave me some travel tips. So I, I think when it comes to how great the people on board are for both ships, it's they're equal. Everyone is fantastic, really. Um, I would say for celebrities, just a few differences that I know you're paying for celebrities more money, but it's a few differences that if that's something that's going to hinder your experience, you should probably think about. So one example is on the Royal ships, you have to kind of check out towels, like scan your key uh-huh. card and towels. Yeah. From my knowledge, at least the last celebrity, celebrity cruise I went on two years ago, um, two or three years ago, towels are, are free. It's grab and go, um, you know, oh, pick wow. up many. Yeah, you can, it's really just as whatever you want to use, which is really great at the gym. They've got like refrigerated cold towels for you. They changing your towels. I'm really harping on towels, but it's pretty important to me. (laughs) For Megan, service is all about towel availability. availability. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I know when it comes to the room, they they 
they used to have free room service. I don't know if that's still the case, but I remember that standing out because there's nothing better than like ordering breakfast and like putting your card out. And then when you wake up in the morning, it's just sitting outside your room. And then I would say when it comes to their bathroom products, it's in the, in the rooms, it's kind of, it's a, they're a lot nicer. They're higher grade. I don't know if I'm skipping ahead here into state rooms. I might be, but, um, but yeah, no, when it comes to service, everyone's really great. There's just small idiosyncrasies between the two cruise lines that just give celebrity a more luxurious experience. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Like about just like, I feel like every cruise I've been on, whether it was Royal or Carnival, they, they have been so nice and just willing to chat. So I feel like and they probably, honestly, like, it's probably, like, a lot of the same resource pool that they have. So I'd imagine, like, the quality of service, unless one line is treating them better than the other, just in terms of, like, employee benefits or time off, like, things like that, I would imagine it's probably about the same. So it seems like the upscale, like, the amenities, some of the things that they do for the guests are a little bit maybe better. So, like, the towels and some of the products. So you feel like you're getting, like, a little bit of a maybe upscale treatment or a better treatment there. So that was a good transition with the, you know, the bathroom products that you have there. Let's talk a little bit about the stateroom categories and kind of what you've noticed in the stateroom between the two cruise lines. So um, first of all, going talking through maybe some of your experience that you've had on both lines, how would you kind of compare the different sizes between the staterooms, the layouts for, you know, comparing, I know that it's tough if you did a suite on one or an interior on the other, but how would you kind of compare the overall look and feel um, on the ships? I think the Royal Caribbean, I think when it comes to general layout, they're, they're pretty much the same. You're going to have a couch, a vanity, a lot of the built-ins are necessary, like the bare built-ins are going to be necess- pretty much the same, um, especially because they're owned by, Royal Caribbean owns Celebrity. Celebrity is just a subsidiary with, um, that's just a more expensive option. But there are little things on Celebrity that make rooms more expensive, and that's going to be general square footage for the most part, especially balcony rooms. Um, they're definitely a little wider, which is nice. I would say the contempor- it's got a more contemporary design. So I feel like when you go on a Royal Caribbean ship, you kind of get like the oranges and the blues, and they're colorful and they're playful, but the Celebrity rooms are going to be a little more tranquil, which... I, I like because you, you're sleeping, you're unwinding, personally. Um, and then there's a few things that when you get to the suite level between Celebrity and Royal, that's when things get a little different. I know for the new Celebrity class, they've got the concept of the infinity rooms, which it's your balcony is technically a part of your room. And then there's a window that slides down to make yeah. to make it a balcony. Which, they have. A, they just added them to Icon as well. Did they really? Actually, on on Royal, yeah, they oh, stole. Okay. They brought the concept from from Celebrity. <laughs> have you stayed I mean, on one you, of those? Have you stayed in one? Yeah, have you stayed in one? Have I? No, I have not. I've not stayed in one of those rooms, but they look awesome. I mean, there's kind of still something nice and romantic about having like an actual balcony instead of kind of like it's yeah. a window. Um, I think you still have that option, but it extends your living space, and if it's a couple, the privacy is probably nice. I do think. Royal is going to have like a lot more playful suites. Like some of the suites that I've seen on Royal Caribbean are so impressive with the slides and like all of the game systems for kids and how colorful it is. And some of the hot tubs, I think Royal really stepped it up with the expansive suite categories because I think celebrity, like their suites are going to see kind of what you see in hotel suites. Like there's going to be dining areas. There's going to be reception areas, maybe kitchenettes, but Royal really thought outside the box when it came to, the design and the layout of the suites. 
Yeah, did you guys, uh, Michael, last night I was watching the, the uh, naming ceremony for Icon, and they were talking about the $75,000 $75, per week for the fan. That one still blows three my story, mind. Three-story family townhouse, Megan. It's three floors, and it kind of like walks right out to the board, the the new um, Surfside area, which is kind of similar to the boardwalk on Oasis. But it's three stories, and it's seventy-five, like an average 75000 a week, and it's like, already completely sold out for the entire year which is insane it just goes to show that they just keep building bigger rooms and more expensive rooms and people just like it's a vacation you know for some people that's just how they're going to splurge for the year and i'm not at that point yet where i can spend seventy five thousand on room but hopefully i'm there one day where i can take my kids and not feel anything from that (laughs) listen frank (laughs) with all due respect if you've got 75k to spend on a cruise run a yacht Getting yeah, it's true. Yeah. it's true. It's true, but then you think you think about the kids. Like, I feel like the kids probably do really enjoy that experience. Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, mean, the kids I feel like at that great. point you're doing, yeah, you're doing it for the ki- the children at that point because the room is awesome and there's so many things for the kids to do. It's literally like just being at Disney World. You know, it's just so many activities. Um, so that's a little bit about. The, I feel like we kind of touched a little bit on the on the stateroom categories. I feel like for the most part they're they're pretty similar. Like I think you mentioned the infinity um, balconies; those are a little bit different, but now they're kind of adding them the same over onto Royal Caribbean as well. I know I mentioned the boardwalk just a second ago as we were kind of discussing the the room that the on the new icon of the seas. Let's talk a little bit about the kind of layout of the ships, right? So I feel like Royal does have kind of like a distinct uh, feel and kind of setup on board. How would you kind of compare the ship layout and maybe some of the the typical features that you see on a Royal Caribbean ship versus, you know, those of celebrity, right? So those typical features and and how they kind of spread things out on their cruise ships. I think the cruise ships were set up for different purposes, and that's pretty telling by the layout of the ship. So I think Royal really focused on on entertainment and attractions because they're going after the demographic who wants to, to do that. So families, younger travelers, you want to go at a slide off that goes off the side of the ship if you're into that sort of thing I would be terrified but like respect to anybody who does it and then they've got a lot of you know arcade areas and play areas and less entertainment spaces and less lounge areas um just because that would be a waste on a royal cruise people don't go on the ship for that you know people want to get together they want to hang out they want to be entertained they want to go to attractions and that's what the royal ship is set up for and I think they've you know mission accomplished there's definitely some smaller quieter areas like Central Park where you can relax, but that's not the main focus. And the alternative of that, I think, is how they lay out celebrity cruise ships. Like you're not gonna find, you're not gonna find like a wave pool. You're not gonna go that that crowd is just not interested in that kind of thing, which is totally fine. They definitely set it out to focus more on lounge and relaxation spaces. So you're gonna see a lot of kind of oceanfront sitting areas, bars, people where they want to like sit down, have a cocktail, unwind. There's a lot more spaces for smaller bands and smaller entertainment groups instead of bigger theaters, bigger entertainer, entertaining spaces. So the general layout and how people want to be entertained on the ship, they're just different based off of you know what people are going on vacation for. So you kind of have to figure out like what's going to suit your needs and, and you know what you want to do while you're on vacation. Do their ships have like a big like center atrium or like a hub that the rest of the ship goes out of? Yeah, I think it depends. It depends on the the class, but yeah, I would say there's there's less of a central promenade and more of a central gathering area where it's kind of like the okay. three stories, and each of them have kind of different bars and bars on them. 
So kind of like the older royal ships where you've got like the centrum where you've got like... Yes, exactly. It's almost like the stair, the elevators and then you've got like a main bar down below and then kind of like hallways that kind of take you to different like casino or like the theater or like the schooner bar, but not like basically like a mall in the middle of the ship. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) For sure. And I think they kind of set up shopping to be less of like a storefront and go in, but more of kind of like a gallery experience where like it's wide open space. It's more wide open spaces. People neander in and out of shopping and pop into different stores and look at different things. So it's definitely set up differently. And I would, you're right. There's no kind of like, I don't think that there's a ship that has like a really big central promenade um, that kind of mimics an outdoor space and there are no central parks, but it's more of that like, oh, what's that word that you use this? Like a centrum. Yes. Thank you. That one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sweet. So I know you said you've sailed a lot in the Mediterranean, the Baltics, and like you said before, Celebrity and Royal are owned by the same company. So Celebrity, I know, is doing sailings at the Coco Cay. When you're looking to book a celebrity or royal cruise, have you noticed any other like main differences in the typical itineraries, either the number of port stops or just like the time you have at the certain ports? Yeah, I think the times at the ports are pretty similar just because they're kind of dependent on the contract of the port. Like it's those are going to be pretty routine. I think when it comes to the Caribbean, Royal has more Caribbean options which is nice because I think a lot of celebrity cruises, I don't know what it is, but all of them go to Cozumel or most of them go to Cozumel. And that passing to Cozumel has always been choppy for me. I don't know why that that is the only section of the Caribbean that I've ever gotten seasick on, but that's beside the point. Um, I think that they've got, Royal has more Caribbean options. And they go further, they go down to St. Thomas, St. Martin. I'm sure there's itineraries in celebrity that do. But I've just not been on a celebrity cruise that goes to those places, and I don't see it as often. I think celebrity does a really good job with European locations because I think Royal goes to the more expected places. But I was just looking at an itinerary for celebrity to go to Greece, and they're really going. They're really going to even some smaller ports and some smaller spots, like they're going to Rhodes, they're going to Cyprus, they're also going to Crete, and I've just not seen the same kind of variety when it comes to Royal cruises. Doesn't Celebrity also have some pretty cool ships like going to the Galapagos Islands? Yeah, they actually, thank you for bringing that up, reminding me of that. They do. They've got three ships varying in sizes that go to the Galapagos Island. And from my understanding, it's a pretty unique experience and not a lot of cruise lines have access to do that, um, nor do they even have ships small enough in their fleets to do that. So it's definitely something unique to the, to the Celebrity Cruise Line that gives them the one up on itineraries. Yeah, and they're like super small, Michael. Right, like under. I thought they were like under two hundred, or maybe maybe Megan. Yeah, I mean like two hundred guests. Yeah, the capacity for these sh- three ships are 48, 16, and a hundred at the max. That's so like, those are yacht sizes. Yeah, but I say the one that holds sixteen <laughs> is tiny, and that one actually came out in twenty seventeen. I mean, the years these things came out were two thousand four was their first one. That was the forty eight passenger one, and then twenty seventeen and twenty nineteen were the sixteen and a hundred. So. It looks like they've been down there for a while and are really trying to expand it. So, yeah, it seems super neat. That's like a bucket list type of cruise right there. Actually, Frank, I got an idea for you. I heard 16 was one of those sizes, so we were 14 last birthday cruise. <laughs> Next birthday cruise, Michael's coming. We're going to Galapagos. See you there. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll look at the prices. I feel like that one's going to be a little different than Oasis yeah, of probably. the Seas, but I think we can make it work. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, figure, we'll take a loan. 
So moving on to pricing. Oh, I mean, that's that perfect. Tra- that transitions us nicely, Megan, into pricing. We're not going to specifically talk about those three small yachts when we talk about pricing, but from what I've seen, you know, pricing is tough, right? So you're looking at, it's tough to really compare. And we've had a couple people write in to us about, you know, things that we've said in terms of pricing on this podcast. And it's really, really hard to compare, even just like two cruises that go to the exact same stops, but maybe one leaves from Galveston, Texas, one leaves from Florida, like the Galveston one is almost always cheaper. And so pricing is just a really hard thing to to compare. Because uh, again, there's the ship, there's the time of year, there's so many factors, you really have to find two options that are very similar. And even when they when you do, it's not the same. It's, it's just there's different inventory and all of that. So all that to say, you know, I would say I personally based on what we've seen, I would say Celebrity is probably a little bit more expensive than Royal, but we are seeing some really good deals out there for Celebrity. So we did talk about this, I think, last week or the week before, but we recently booked two people on a four-night Celebrity for like 800 bucks. And I was looking for my birthday. There was another deal out there. It was like 700, 800 bucks for two people for three or four nights. I mean, from what I've seen, again, I haven't seen a big difference um, for the Caribbean, at least. I mean, is that similar to kind of what you would say? I mean, or do you notice like a massive price difference there? I wouldn't say I noticed anything that anything massive, like you mentioned, I think it's going to be overall, it's going to be a more expensive location. It's going to be, you know, more expensive staterooms, especially if you want a balcony. Um, it's going to be more expensive packages. I know the drink package because it's tiered can be a little more expensive. I know their spa packages are a little more expensive. Um, but I do think, you know, I think you're paying for the luxury of it that those few extra hundred dollars or, or whatever they're paying or whatever the price difference is going to be. Cause like you said, it's hard to measure. You just have to figure out if that's what you want to, you know, want to pay for. I know that we've found prices and deals that make them pretty comparable and competitive, but sometimes, you know, you're looking at a really nice Royal Caribbean cruise ship and it's around the same price as a older, smaller celebrity class. So I would say, you know, it's going to be, Celebrity is traditionally going to be more expensive, but nothing that makes these two, you know, out of each other's league, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think we see the same thing, Michael, right? With like Princess and Carnival, right? So like you look at like one of the newer Carnival yeah. ships, like there's a good chance you try to go on one of those, it's going to be more expensive than kind of an older Princess cruise could be. Yeah, exactly. So kind of similar. And I think it's, I don't know. I think it's very interesting too. Like we're living in a very interesting time, right? Because you have families and kids that are trying to go on these types of cruises and you may not like see as many older people trying to cruise and all of that goes to goes into the pricing and the demand right so it's just we'll see kind of how it continues to evolve but as of now the price difference is like you mentioned Megan it's a little more expensive but not not anything crazy um so we'll kind of watch that and I think you mentioned the spa isn't there I mean their spa is, is is more expensive but isn't there some different offerings on there as well yeah, I believe the Celebrity Edge spa was just rated number one spas amongst all cruise lines. Like even over some of the Silver Sea cruise lines, the spa packages are going to be more expensive on Celebrity. But as someone who's gone to them, they're worth it. They're really, really great spas. <laughs> so yeah, they've got a lot of a lot of offerings. But I think anybody who goes to a, a cruise spa is going to be really impressed and slightly overwhelmed about how many things you can really do on a cruise ship spot. I mean, you can get anything from your hair dye to Botox to a stone, you know, Swedish massage with whatever. So, um, yeah, there's their spa at celebrity is, I mean, rated 
literally number one, but you're going to see that in the prices compared to, you know, Royal spa packages. Do you remember those rooms that were on, I think it was on day one, they were giving us a tour of the Oasis of the Seas uh, spa, like the behind the scenes rooms. Yeah. There was literally like that, those private mud rooms and stuff. And there were like these private rooms with jacuzzis. It was pretty cool. I was just like, didn't even know this existed. <laughs> like I just never even, I think if you go on the cruise planner, you can kind of see some of that, but yeah, never have I really looked that deep into the offerings in, in the spa. So it's pretty cool that they both offer some really awesome things. Just to wrap up this category, Megan, is there anything else you'd like to add just in terms of the overall price of the cruise, whether that's, you know, the fare itself, drink packages, the spa, specialty dining? There is definitely one thing I think that's worth talking about, especially when it comes to prices of specialty dining. I'd be interested to understand how other people think about this experience, but considering how great the specialty dining is on celebrity cruise ships, I was surprised to find out that they're pretty comparable to the specialty dining prices at Royal Caribbean. I don't know if Celebrity Office offers a package like they do at Royal, I think, where you can like get a package to do specialty dining every night or something like that. I don't know if Celebrity offers that, but I, I don't think we paid more, and maybe it's a deal that we got or something through our membership, but I don't think we paid more than $60, $70 per person for specialty dining, and that included gratuity, and all of our drinks because of our drink package were included. Um, so I was surprised to find out that they were that inexpensive relative to other cruise line specialty dining, considering Celebrity does try to make their food pretty upscale. Yeah, I think they do have like a three-night package, maybe a seven-night package on Celebrity. I know for Royal, it's if you're going to do one, more than one, you definitely want to have it, right? I think we paid like what, like 50 to $55 a person for um, maybe 150 Central Park on our last cruise, Megan. But if you can do like three nights, sometimes you can get that down to 120 So you can you know do the math on that. It's like, you know, $40 versus $55. And then if you do like seven nights, it even you know, goes lower than that. I've seen it down to like 200. So it goes down to like maybe 30, $35. So they really do try to try to do the package deal. But that is interesting that, you know, you're saying it seems very like the food is very good on on both, but you're surprised that the price is, you know, about the same, which, yeah, that's crazy. That seems like a really good value that you do get with celebrities. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't even think you need it considering at least at the edge class, considering there are four, technically four main dining rooms, you could switch it up every night and, and they've got really great pasta dishes in the Italian restaurant and a steak restaurant. I don't think you necessarily need to have a whole specialty dining package, but if that's, you know, that's what you want to do, absolutely do it. But, um, for but, the average person, you probably, yeah, yeah I probably wouldn't it. invest to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well then, and speaking of the price of the drink packages too, like I'm looking, there's a itinerary this year I've been looking at and, the thing I've been looking at is the pricing difference between just the standard fare and then they're all included, which includes the drink package and the Wi-Fi. But now the thing with that drink package I'm seeing is it only includes drinks up to $10. And then if you get a drink more expensive, you're paying the price difference along with the gratuity on that. What drink packages have you had in the past? And or do you find that drinks or kind of most drinks come in under that $10 value for the basic drink package or what? Yeah, we've done it a few a few different ways. I think because we, and I'll I'll be honest, like I wore diamonds, so we usually pr get pretty good. We get pretty good deals on drink packages. 
sometimes depending on the people that I'm going with. Like when I go with my parents, I do a basic drink package. I think it checks all the boxes. Like I'll do a tequila soda with lime when I'm chilling out. And then a lot of their specialty cocktails, they try to keep in the range for people who do have drink packages. So you can get those fun bar niche ones. And then at dinner, we'll get a bottle of wine and pay for that separately. Like we don't need, there's not a lot of instances besides that, besides buying a bottle of wine where we want to pay for pay extra for certain cocktails. And then I have been in instances where we got the premium drink package. Like I know we did on our European cruise as well as the Wi-Fi because we'd be gone for two weeks. I'll be honest, I didn't really notice a difference. And when it comes to the alcohol on board, I would just check what's included in the package because I don't, I don't remember a lot of different instances where I thought I was getting priced out of basic alcohol packages on celebrity cruise ships. And I, and you have to decide this for yourself, but I never really, I never usually think the Wi-Fi is going to be worth it because I like to unplug on vacations. But if you got to stay connected, check in on your dog, I understand. I will say that like the retreat that celebrity offers the retreat, right? And I think that that comes with the premium drinks, premium Wi-Fi, it comes with like some pretty upscale uh, restaurant offerings, you know, private sun deck. That seems like to me, I know your parents, Megan, were looking at booking that as well in Celebrity. It seems awesome. I think that's one of the things that people really, you know, rave about when it comes to Celebrity. And I think, you know, Royal's trying to get into doing more of the suite only areas. And they do have something similar where a certain category, it's actually like the top category of their suites. It's like the star class. They do get access. They have the Royal Genie, which kind of does everything for them. They also have, you know, the Wi-Fi, the drinks, and specialty dining all included. But, you know, you have to spend a lot of money to get that kind of service. And I think that from what I've seen on the rates, the retreat isn't like the top. You don't have to book like the nicest suites on on Celebrity to kind of get access to that. You can get it on, you know, just kind of like their middle class suites that they have on board. So that, that is also a really cool option that I wanted to add as well. So the last category we kind of want to talk about is the demographic overall on the ship. So whether you're looking at a celebrity cruise or royal cruise, what it often comes down to is what you want to experience on board as as far as like the activities and like we said, the different zones on the ship and onboard experience. And then also the people you're traveling with. So I know for Frank and I, I mean, typically when we think of celebrity, we think it's a more experienced demographic while royal is targeting primarily families. How do you feel about this? Does this kind of hold true to base what you've seen on your sailings on both lines? I'd say so. I think Royal is definitely, especially as time has gone on, and maybe it's just because I've gotten older and Royal hasn't changed, but we started cruising Royal a lot when I was a kid, and I thought it was sick. Like, the kids' clubs were so much fun. We would get on the ship. I'd never see my parents. I've got some really funny stories about the, the, like, teen lounge and stuff, too. Like, we went on the Mediterranean one, and we had a prom, and it was great, and (laughs) it was was a good time. So I loved Royal from a family perspective, and any time we've ever traveled with kids, whether it's, like, my kids, my cousin's kids, and now my sister has a little one, we've always tried to prioritize Royal because I think it's got a little bit of everything for everyone. But I think if you want that more customized luxury, like luxury, and I'm going to say mature, like you're not with kids, a mature experience, you're going to want to do, I would go with celebrity. Like if you ask me right now, if I was going to go on a cruise with my boyfriend, I'd try to do celebrity if we could, if we could manage just because I really do come off the celebrity cruise ships refreshed after seeing a few things and traveling around I still feel pretty relaxed and then Royal is 
it's really stimulating. It's really exciting, but a little less prone to relaxation in my, in my opinion. And I think that's probably why you see more families on Royal and why you see a more like non kid crowds on celebrities. It's great. Yeah, I think that's a yeah, great points all around. I think I sometimes feel like that myself when I have to like kind of wake myself up. Sometimes I like will wake up and I'm like, Oh, it's a C day. And I look at the thing and I'm like, I have to do all of, there's so many things to do. And I get <laughs> yeah. so excited that like it's over it's overstimulating right like i have to calm down be like listen i'm on vacation like i can sleep in i don't need to go to like the 8 a.m like flow rider thing like i can i don't need the surfing thing will be there later like i can do that later but the the one that like the part of me is like there's all these things to do that like if i don't start doing it i feel like i'm behind so i think it's a really good point that like yeah they just put a little bit less on there i probably would feel like i'm not missing out like i almost have like fomo when i don't go to things and it's like wait no, like I'm gonna go on probably like a hundred cruises by the end of my, like I've hundred more cruises to go in my life, you know. I like I have plenty of time to do the flow rider, go to the love and marriage show, or whatever the case may be. You got plenty of time for it, so I think that's a really good point. And I'm sure we're all gonna be in the same page though in the next couple of years, where we're gonna be having kids. Maybe in the next five years, we'll be dragging them on to Royal Caribbean or trying to figure out how we best accommodate them. So let's enjoy the uh, the the adult yeah. scene while we have that still. And, uh, and yeah, that'll be, that'll be our time to go over back over to the more kid friendly side of things. Well, Megan, it's been fun having you here on the podcast. It's been super helpful kind of just to hear you walk through and compare your experiences on both celebrity and Royal Caribbean and comparing the lines to each other. Before we hop off here though, you know, before we went live earlier, you were talking about one funny story you wanted to end us with, and it happened to deal with your first cruise. When I was a kid, our first cruise, I was six years old. And we went on with my mom's side of the family and all the cousins, there's seven of us kids. And like, you know, when you go into the port and little, like a lot of the little girls will get their hair like half braided. Yeah. I got my hair full braided, like full, <laughs> like, <laughs> full cornrows, <laughs> like little, oh my gosh. little Meg, just full, like hair braided, wearing <laughs> Hawaiian shirts, like every day. And then there was like this, um, and then the the cruise that that cruise was really bad. Like I think we took it at a wrong time, hurricane season. The the waters were terrible, but our family is like particularly good about not getting seasick because we were all competitive sailors. So we were on the water all the time. So I wasn't seasick at all. And this was back in the day where Royal Caribbean would like C span the local activities on the on the TVs in the in the room. Do you guys remember? Did you guys ever? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They still do that, right? So like do they'll they? throw like the love and marriage show they'll put it on the screen. oh yeah 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 so yeah. it was like that so but they did they did a talent show in the main theater because like nothing else was going on that day and i don't know where the confidence came from but i decided to sign up for the talent show and the song was all star from shrek the like somebody <laughs> wants yes but i didn't know any of the words so they just zoom in oh, on God. this like fully corn-rolled <laughs> six-year-old who's just going like so embarrassing and all and like my whole family got didn't even get like no one was there so i wasn't embarrassed until i found out that the entire cruise ship was watching <laughs> because it was on tv and i i have to find that video because it's like it wasn't karaoke joke. so they didn't have the words right they just... yeah it was a talent show like i decided so you were supposed to know. <laughs> did you get stage fright no, I was so confident back then. It was before puberty, so I was so sure of myself. <laughs> <laughs> but no, 
it like it's like the run it's truly the running joke in our family about how bad that performance was and the fact that i got my hair fully braided i think that is like the fun thing too about cruises though is you go so many people and you make these amazing memories that like you're just never gonna forget that town like that (laughs) town show will be with you forever but even just like the birthday cruise that i did with you guys like for me that was really like i still think about that often and and to be honest like you know, I wasn't expecting to have, I mean, I was expecting to have a great time for sure, but it was a lot more fun than I thought just because you did have so many people in one spot at the same time. And there was always something to do and people to hang out with. So yeah. That pub it does bring, awesome. it, it brings people together for sure. And uh, yeah. yeah, we're really looking forward to the next one, Michael. I know Chris and I were talking about that today. So we got another cruise coming up and that's, yeah. that is exciting. But hey, Megan, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast this week. You know, really enjoyed having you on talking about celebrity versus Royal Caribbean. You've been a fantastic guest. I'm sorry that, you know, we didn't get to pull you on here after the Oasis of the Sea sailing, but I'm really grateful that we had another opportunity to pull you on and we look forward to hopefully having you back on, you know, here soon, next time you go on a cruise. So anything else you want to say to the people, Megan? No, just thank you one Chris so much for recapping that cruise so perfectly his episode was awesome (laughs) um and also thank you guys thank you guys so much for having me I've been bothering Frank about wanting to be a guest on this since pretty much this podcast started so thanks for finally having me I hope I get to come back (laughs) that's all hey we'll see you again soon thank you perfect Well, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Cruise Conversations podcast. If you listen to this and you're interested in booking your next cruise, you know, we've got a lot of great deals out there still. If you're interested in Icon of the Seas, you know, you can, we're looking at prices around a thousand per person. If you go on the website, you're going to see prices much higher, but we do have access to some special rates. We're going to post a picture with some, some of those deals on Instagram this week. So you can look out for that. But if you're interested in any any cruise, whether it's Icon of the Seas or any other cruises, we'd love to pull a free quote. So you can do that by just filling out some information in the link. I think there's a jot form in the description of this episode, so you can click that. Or you can reach out to us on Instagram at Cruise Conversations. We'd love to, to help you book and plan your next cruise. So with that, thank you so much, and we will see you back here next Wednesday.